0: Hello, and welcome to Kohler Commentary. Today, I'm joined by one of my dearest friends, (laughs) formerly Hannah C., now Hannah Chang. Sometimes I don't know where to begin in describing how amazing the sister of mine is, so I'm excited to share just a snippet today with you guys through her perspective. Hannah grew up in Korea, Ghana, and Texas, and has now lived in California for the past nine years. She has two very high-energy kids and a charming husband who daily reminds her of God's loving heart for his children. Hannah leads business strategy for a startup during the day and creates trading card-related content when she can magically find the time. Hannah and her family is currently in transition to Asia long term to do faith based work. I wanted to invite Hannah on the podcast so that she could share her incredibly unique journey as she grew up being a third culture missionary kid is now a frickin boss mom and will soon (laughs) transition her family to be a missionary family overseas so we can talk about all of this while also just finding time to catch up as moms never can seem to do that. And so I forced her to do that through the podcast, so we can represent on our own friendship as well. So, without further ado, welcome Hannah. Hi,
1: Ng. <laughs> We're
0: A little, a, we're a little sloppy this morning, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry for the for the scratchy voice. Um, been dealing with RSV. Oh no! Than, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's wonderful with kids, you know. You yeah, just, there's yeah.
0: always something. Yep. Um, I first met Hannah, I mean, I think I share this story like all the time because it really humbles me, but I first met Hannah at a tennis tournament when I was going to Shepton High School. Back in Plano, Texas, and she was going to Jasper High School. And so we were at this tennis tournament. I was with my partner, she was with hers, <laughs> and me and my partner were both Korean. And we just always just like talked to each other in Korean, right? And I knew Hannah was Asian too, but maybe I didn't think we were talking loud enough. I was like, she might not be Korean or something. So <laughs> my friend and I were just like, we always talk, you know, like, and broken Korean be that as, you know, the other person listening to this was kind of amazing at that. Um, and I was like, K- 여자, <laughs> <chop>. <laughs> meaning like throw it to the one that is not that good or something Something in our broken in Korean, right? And then like she definitely heard everything. At the end of the day, we lost the match. Um, they advanced in the tournament and we went home. And later she was like, she definitely told us that day, like, hey, guys, I'm Korean. That's her personality. She's not going to sugarcoat it for later. And that's how we became friends or that's how we met. That's how later, we met. Yeah, That's we how were we friends. No, anything, we were definitely
1: not friends. <laughs> if anything, why would she want to be friends with <laughs> exactly. me? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but by grace of God, I Amen. ended up transferring to Plano West uh-huh. Senior High School. I think I was zoned to go to Plano Senior, but all the cool kids from Jasper were going to Plano West. I never checked credibility at that point. Like I heard that Plano West was a little bit more... The easier oh. <laughs> easier academically which proved oh. to be very false um, yeah. yeah so ended up doing like a transfer to Plano West and then gosh I, we must have been like in the same class for something
0: yeah and I was really embarrassed to see your face because like at least when you told us, like, y'all, I'm Korean, and also, y'all, we beat you, I was like, okay, at least I'll never have to see her again, um, <laughs> and then I saw you, and I was like, oh my gosh, hi.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, but that's how we kind of really started our relationship and our friendship in high school, and then got, like, we, super oh, close.
0: We both love the masks. Mas, that's right. Now we don't, or now one of us does it. <laughs>
1: there's there's story to it I'm not just a bandwagon uh, but, uh, but that ex- was a tying factor
0: that's correct, true. correct like kind um, of ha- those same interests because that was hard to find like people girls who love sports at that correct, time too correct she was yeah. there for me when I had a necessary heartbreak where I would cry my feelings and Hannah was probably like what the fuck <laughs> And that was also probably why we kind of stopped talking for a while (laughs) and continued to cry.
1: (laughs) This is not true. I just was not equipped to to be there for a friend who was crying a lot. Um, (laughs) Just didn't know what to do. Uh, So I ran and, and that was the default nature, but We went to high school together, and then we went to college together. Same ministry, Mm -hmm. same business school, and same kind of group of friends, all of that. I think we were always closely connected, but we, you know, did our own things most of the time.
0: Um, I was too busy in my fields, and Hannah was hustling. That's not true. (laughs) That's
1: not true. But yeah, uh, definitely a lifelong friend. Sometimes I, like, organize around the house, and I find small pieces from from unji in our like teens and early 20s like letters and drawing you like drew like stick figures a lot i don't know if you if you recall no um, i
0: know because i couldn't do anything more than that
1: yeah but just like how consistent you have been even till now after becoming a mom like you're not mm. you're like one of those people like who haven't gotten like super jaded <laughs> you're like consistently you know like there for for others so really appreciate that
0: so enough about us i know you so many close friends know you but there are so many different things you do that I would love you to kind of introduce yourself on a personal level of like who exactly is first Hannah C and now Hannah Chang.
1: Yeah, so that's a C with a uh, full out S-E-A, not just C. Yeah. So should have been Yeah, should have been Saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, C
0: for Chang. No, it's C for... C. C. Like,
1: oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's where like the real scars really started. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, Hennessey, you know, an immigrant to the States. I was born in Korea and my parents were called to missions when I was nine years old. And so we moved from Korea to Ghana, which is a country in West Africa. Mm. And that transition was honestly not too difficult for me. I was still young. Uh, I didn't like schooling anyway. So, you know, kind of getting a lot of time back and just kind of playing around the neighborhood and the villages, like that was really fun. And I have an older brother who is six years older than me. So around the time for him to go to college, I think my parents realized he should probably get some decent education. You know, now that I think about it, it was almost like we had no ties to the States, but they just hit up a pastor in their network in Houston, Texas, and asked like, hey, can you guys take in our two kids anywhere, like somehow? And we've never met these folks before. We've never been to the States before. But for some reason, they said one of the deacons had an extra room and they said yes. And like now that I think back to it, it's almost like they were fostering us. Like Mm. these like dear, you know, missionaries kids who can't afford to like go to legit schooling elsewhere. They want to like come to States because somewhere my parents heard that like public schools in in the states is free Mm -hmm. and so we come to houston and like absolutely blown away by the love and care that this now our godparents have shown us they really just took us in like their own kids they took us to family trips they always like stocked the fridge with food that we loved because they knew we ate a lot we didn't have car they drove us everywhere that we needed to And then in that period, I was doing language acquisition at Spring Forest Middle School in Houston, learned the language, tried to kind of in that period when I was living away from my parents, just with my older brother, who was a junior in high school at that time, we were like kind of reinforcing each day to each other, like why we're here sacrifices that were made for us to be here and this amazing godparents that we have who is supporting us the least we can do is just be studious Mm. and try to break out of the you know chain of like poverty essentially and so just really worked my my tail off and and you can attest to this like in college some things that I regret is really prioritizing studies and academics over anything including relationships and so that's definitely one thing that I do regret hindsight but at that time I was just super laser focused in trying to get the best grades which would lead to internships which would lead to jobs so when I was applying to college I didn't have like an appetite for business or what I wanted to do I just want something secure I heard again through like some random sources that accounting and accountants tend to have decent offer rates and like are able to get jobs right out of college so that's like why i chose the major which is really stupid (laughs) thinking back to it uh, it's like super like bland you know and vanilla did that and after college thankfully i was able to uh, come out to la for a consulting gig had so much fun out here but like my primary goal was i need to keep making more money to do X, to support my parents, to just like be free from it. But, you know, being, and I only did consulting for two years, ended up going like in-house um, at some tech companies. But I realized that the more I get deeper into it, thinking that, oh, like just one more promotion to this, or like, oh, just making X amount of dollars, whatever, will kind of free me from, you know, this kind of chain of, you know, financial like insecurity. It never happened. It actually got worse and worse. And then, and then this is when like Hannah Chang also came about. I got married to a guy that I really liked back from college. Oh, um, well, we
0: could do a whole yeah, new story about
1: that. I know we, yeah, we danced around for I think six years before getting married. Um, but yeah, like even in that transition, he was like a constant reminder that money and career ambition. Is very fleeting. Mm. And he was kind of ex- coming from like his own experience as well as his, uh, his family experience. But I was like, hey, you know what? You don't understand what I'm going through. Let me just go do it. And so I, I was chasing, uh, even after becoming a mom, I think I tried to make sure that doesn't get in the way of my mm. ambitious goals. And then it really hit me, I think, my first year at Google where. You know, supposedly this place has like the best talent group, smartest people, uh, whatever, right? Like most successful group of people. But what I noticed in my, you know, leaders and my VPs and so on was how broken they were, even with like seven figure, some like eight figure salary. They were dealing with like their children not wanting to talk to them. And the children are like seven, eight years old. And they're like, I don't want to talk to mommy. I want like, I want to sleep with nanny, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Or like some VPs were going through like second divorces, heavy reliance on drugs. And like, these are people who had monthly take home of like six figures, but they had nothing left over because they had to pay alimony. They had to pay for their three Teslas. They got an expensive house to pay for, all of this. And yeah, it just really hit me like, Wow, like this is really a cycle. No matter how long I stay in this path, it's a cycle of just enchainment and like golden handcuffs, and to the point where like you're not gonna get the freedom that I thought that I would be getting by working mm-hmm. hard and like climbing the ladder. Because you like naturally want, you know, by default, our nature is like you want nicer things, you want comfort, you want security. And so you kind of invest your money and your resources to achieve that. And so after that first year, I think I started to be on the same page with Jacob, my husband, or like, yeah, after a certain point, or like food, clothing and houses provided, and then like, maybe, you know, like a hobby, whether it's like basketball or whatever, like some level of that is achieved. Everything beyond that is just alpha. It's like, truly like you don't really need it yeah it's like blessings from god right so we're like okay definitely not gonna commit to like becoming like ceo one day or whatever uh, which was actually a goal that i a, a stupid goal you may say but a goal that i had wow. in college for sure so we started to kind of twirl around okay how do we use our time wisely you know in our lifetime and really live a life that you know exemplifies our our lord That's when we started to kind of pivot all of our decisions, not to be around like, oh, we moved to this city for a job or my job's going to take me here. My job requires me to be away from the kids. So like I need a nanny. Like we started to adjust all that to how can we, one, like be free from jobs, key jobs and so kind of building you know investment and all of that so that we're living you know more with like passive income and then Mm. also reducing our spends to the bare bones bare minimum that may mean like we don't send our kid to like the best school in town which is okay like we're okay with that compromise and trying to cook more at home like but with two kids now it it (laughs) still adds up but and like going on trips like maybe we could have gotten like a three-bedroom airbnb but we just kind of Yeah, we can do away two, right? Or even Mm -hmm, one mm -hmm, sometimes. mm -hmm. So yeah, really minimizing our expenses and our lifestyle.
0: What point was that when you got to that point together? Yeah,
1: I would say that's probably like the year that Hado was born or the year after. So 2019, 2018, 2019. Yeah, and with like a kid being born, it really helped us reassess what we want uh, to exemplify to her and uh, I think we were very um, confident in kind of this decision to not like provide the best of best for her like all her needs and like have her have no needs um, but really felt like we wanted to exemplify by living for others and sharing as much as we can of the resources that we have so backtrack I I live in Ghana because I was a missionary's kid So we always had a heart for missions and I think I was kind of lying to myself. I wanted to be a sending missionary. I'm like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to like live a comfortable life in, in the States and like send a lot of people. Right. But I think that tug in the heart to do something beyond that was strong for both of us individually
0: intergenerational missionary
1: family (laughs) seriously (laughs) uh yeah my parents were bittersweet definitely when when we first told them i'm Um, sure because it it was
0: hard for them and they sacrificed a lot i know it sounded like ghana was like some of the good days especially Mm -hmm. comparing to Yeah, which was probably like, very like, you got to do this, this, this. And so it sounded more like, quote, quote, vacation for you. When you say like, you didn't want to become a missionary yourself. Why? You know, sometimes you don't want to do what your parents did in that sense. Like what part was there in that tension? Because it doesn't sound like it affected you in a negative way, which could be an effect for some third culture kids. Um, Can you speak on that part?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the hesitance came primarily from what I recognized as a child as a byproduct of my parents' decision. There was definitely some, you know, adverse feelings towards them where I felt like I was, for example, like robbed of, not robbed, but of like a normal life or a secure financially, especially, you know, environment for a child to grow up in. But because they were so heads on and they're like first general Koreans like they've never lived outside of Korea and my parents are both very conservative and so for them it's like this is what they're here to do and they really didn't really like tend to the needs of like a nine-year-old or like a mm. 14 15 year old so my brother also had a period where he because he was like directly during his puberty period right. when he lived in Ghana there were periods where he struggled a lot um where I mean, I could sense the tension between him and my dad. He would try to quote unquote run away from home as well, but there's really nowhere to go. (laughs) Exactly. There's nowhere to go. So there's a lot of tension Mm -hmm. because I think the impact was greater for him because he was a very studious guy in Korea. He was doing well, like in, in that sense, and he was already graduating middle school. Like he was like, What are you guys thinking? Like trying to pull me out of the system that I was part of. Mm-hmm. Um, with like three years left of schooling and so on so I think there was in language right like all of that but I think my parents were kind of blindly just trusting that you know God will take care of his children which is something to definitely learn learn for but I mean the greatest sort of hesitation initially was I don't want them for my kids I don't mm-hmm. want to live for others I want to live for myself and my family that was like the greatest tension probably Mm.
0: did you and your brother's relationship only get stronger in these years or was it like you guys also didn't find that connection until when you're in middle school it's like you know why are we what what is our why together
1: yeah because our age gap was so yeah. big growing up i mean like even in korea i i don't have any memories of like doing anything with him like we were we were so different in like our interests and age gap but I think y'all we, are
0: incredibly close for an age gap. I'm I was right. always like oh, surprised. By the
1: way, I saw Alex at church uh, two weeks <laughs> ago. We got really close, really, really close when it was just us that moved to the states together. Mm. Where I think he really took on this guardian figure on himself. This could be TMI, but girls, when you know you hit puberty, oh, something yeah. happens, right? And that happened for me here in the states oh, when yeah. I. You know we weren't living with our parents and so I was freaking out and I went to the godmother and I was like like I think something's happening so on I got guidance from her but then I think she had a chat with my brother um Mm. and I found this out later where I think she like explained like oh like she's you know whatever and so he was like super like are you okay like you know yeah so In that sense, he essentially became not just a brother, but like a father figure as well for me. And then I would say like from then on, I could only rely on him and he could probably only rely on me. And then throughout those years, even after he went to college and I was in high school, we really had this like same goal to like, yeah, yeah, be successful essentially. Like come out, like get out of like where we were years before. And then even during college, in summers when i was taking like cpa exams and whatnot i would have like four dollars in my bank account like legit (laughs) and i i had no money and my brother really encouraged me like like i'll and he like i just started working so he's like i will like tell me the bare minimum that you need i'll support you with that for like food and rent and you study right like you need to get those exams done like so on so like he was very Mm. protective and like supportive in that way and yeah, ever since it's just been like I think a like a relationship based on like gratitude.
0: This is me and my feeling <laughs> and I was like, are you frozen? I
1: am just like, <laughs> I'm like is my internet working. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's really sweet. I think that's yeah, I just like I don't think I ever stopped to even ask like how that relationship became so special and hearing that's really inspiring to hear. Do you know what his Enneagram is?
1: I have no idea, dude. Okay.
0: Well, to transition. you are an Enneagram three, and you're pretty like secure in that number. yeah something in terms of like childhood messages that you do interpret as you grow up and like you have this desire to become successful and admirable but there was a message that is quote you are what you do and that might have been a message that many Enneagram 3s internalize and that's kind of a driving factor does this message resonate with you and if so like can you expand on that a little bit
1: absolutely it does um I I feel
0: like you shared a lot on the why together, right? And like mm -hmm. almost as you move to each place, you are what you do, especially with finances became a huge factor in that sense. Mm -hmm. But not just family wise, like, do you know how as that message continued to, you know, be an established belief? How did that also affect outside of family?
1: Yeah, definitely live with this kind of statement in my mind all the time. Like, you are what you do. Hence, like, the decisions, which may seem very abrupt or drastic for some people. But, you know, Jacob and I have been talking and, like, praying about this for, like, four years, five years already. Us moving to Asia next year, like, that's like a direct, like, I'm not gonna, like, say things or, like, think things for too long. It's like let's put it into action and if it's not that way we pivot again like i am very much a doer and believe that like i am who who i what i do right in in a sense and so definitely more of a action-oriented maybe even too much than like thought and processing first kind of kind of person i don't know if all enneagram threes are like that but
0: i had a question when you're sharing about even during college and only four dollars in your bank account right that's like a very stressful feeling to have did you feel like you couldn't share that with people or like in that time when you had a lot of friends too like what did that look like in terms of something that was financially hard but i guess like it never seemed like it you know
1: yeah i think definitely two things there first being first generation korean like Mm. you you're like Traditionally taught to not be a burden to others, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's pride. Hindsight, like having done like a lot of self assessment and like in- introspective work, it is pride to think that like oh, like I know better that they wouldn't be happy to like hear about my soft story. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. But in that kind and of I like, was...
0: I'm, I'm over here telling you such unnecessary sob stories and you had to like, some... okay, so all this, like humbling perspectives continue.
1: Um, so yeah, I think the first one was like, I definitely didn't want to be a burden. Mm. Um, and the second one, which is just as big of a factor is my insecurity, right? Mm. Admitting my biggest insecurity to others seemed very daunting. And I wasn't probably like ready to share any of that and it's not even like necessarily like I wanted to come off as like I'm doing fine or like right. rich or whatever but I think the fact that I like even the idea of like sitting down with someone and like kind of explaining oh like you know I'm like struggling I asked myself like so what what's going to happen from there what's the point of like discussing it right like again like that kind of mindset of like you're what you do yeah. uh, what is that going to do for me What is that going to do for the other person? Nothing. It's not productive. Like, what's the point of bringing it up? So those are probably some thoughts that were going in my head as a 20, 21-year-old. But it's definitely not healthy, everybody who's listening.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's – and I want to go back to that, but – rewinding to transferring to Plano West and there's three Plano schools and they all had like nicknames I think Plano West was called the bank and it was the bank because you go in the parking lot and you see people with like the Hummers and BMWs and whatever like I I rode like a 1990s Jeep so I never knew my I guess the privilege I did grow up in right because my dad like told me another message even though he had done kind of what you did for your family is what our parents did for us right that's kind of crazy wow man that's crazy Hannah you're you're that person (laughs) oh that's so awesome okay anyways did this message only fuel you because you were around the bank school that was I mean all of Plano is well off but Plano West is like a very showy in that yeah
1: you know i think our school was so big right that's true and
0: you hung out with the asians who are all frugal (laughs) exactly
1: i i genuinely believe that the school that i went to and school that like you went to or like that christy went like it's all different like
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i have never hung out with like quote-unquote cool kids with like cool cars we always walked everywhere we're always being cheap um yeah like I don't think I felt it as much. I think maybe there were times a little bit like for prom and so on where I was like, oh my God, these guys like just, you know, um, unlimited resource. They just want to do whatever Mm. they want. I think maybe some instances like that, but on a daily basis, like you never made me feel like, you know, like inadequate or Chrissy never made me feel like whatever. Yeah, even like going out to lunches, which we did a lot. Yeah. Um,
0: we always went for deals anyways, yeah. too. Or like we tried to go find the coupon places.
1: We're, we were pretty frugal in that sense. So I don't think that impacted me as much, you know, kind of looking back.
0: And just to clarify, now I want like, how did you end up in Plano when you guys were in Houston?
1: Yeah, so we were in Houston. And then my parents were still in Ghana for about a year and a half more. And then they asked for a transfer uh, to one of their like churches in Dallas, and it took oh. that long. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. wow. yeah, because I remember you were living with your parents at that time. Correct. Um, okay. I think this is also important to share like you know your ignorance, your privilege, a lot of things like that. Um, and so I'm gonna share another one kind of on the same lines of the tennis thing in a different way, but I remember like I. Always procrastinated. I had to skip lunch sometimes to like catch up, right? Like, oh crap, I forgot to do this project or whatnot. And every time I went in there, this was before we became friends actually, or close friends. You would be in there like studying, right? And I'd be like, oh, she must also have to catch up. <laughs> or like, oh, you know, like, cause I know like at that, by then you had shared more of like, you were you came from Korea too. So then my I was like, oh, she must have to catch up more. <laughs> Things like that. And now when I think about it, I was like, she was hustling the whole dang time you know like i'm over here like oh catch up on this assignment and she's like five steps ahead and i think that's just like a reflection of kind of what you were always doing five steps ahead and i think that's so admirable because of the trajectory you created for your generations to come but also that's you had to carry that heavy mindset for this shift and so when i think about it now i'm just very more of of respect to you how do you feel that i said that <laughs> yeah, i think yeah. all you all you do is just show me up with your action which just fuels that you are what you do here i am like oh like oh she had to fighting hannah and you're over here like crushing everything
1: no way dude no i mean yeah it it's it, it was definitely i think sometimes overdone um and i would not want that for my own children for sure yeah
0: Yeah. And I think you had to do what a lot of our parents had to do. Right. And I think they would agree in that sentiment of hoping that that is done. So the future generations have a lifted burden in that sense. So um, props to you. How would you be able to share with people like what ideals and mindsets that shaped you because of where this was? And what would you advise to other people who do want to have a hustle mindset, which I think is amazing, but how do you slow down a little or what advice would you give?
1: <laughs> kind of going back to, oh, yeah, like I'm doing the hustle so my kids don't have to. That's actually not my intention. I want them to have mm. some 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 hardship in their life as well. I yeah. think that's just like beauty of it. Um, but what I do want like to provide for them, if I can, is like the opportunity to choose a path that most fits their skill sets and their gifts from God. Um, So, for example, like, if one of our kids says, I want to be a fashion designer, sure, like, maybe there's no actual, like, fruition in it, but I want to be able to support that path and see what comes out of it because they truly want to do it. Mm. I truly believe that every one of us are uniquely designed so that, we excel in one thing, not everything, but one specific thing. And the, the environment to kind of keep honing and refining that skill is a blessing. Like not like every kid on the streets of Ghana who are like extremely good at soccer, they were born with like ability to like handle the ball, like as if it was part of their body. Guess what? Like, They may not get the opportunities to hone and like refine that skill and end up on, you know, the World Cup or whatever. Right. And so that's what I want to be able to provide for them. So, in that sense, I want them to hustle. I want them to go deep, as deep as they can, you know, maybe not number one in the world for sure, but like be an expert in an area that they do feel passionate about. Uh, It could be anything. One thing to kind of share out is like find that one thing it doesn't have to take a month to find it. Sometimes it takes a few years. Sometimes it, it takes people like a decade to realize this is not what they wanted to do and pivot. But like, don't be afraid to pivot just because you've been doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just really like keep honing into what am I good at? What do I like doing? Find that intersection point and like go crazy, like psychopath level, like, you know, like, deep deep into it and see what comes out of it right
0: do you feel like you've you found that intersection i think (laughs) so (laughs) i think so (laughs) i think so too but you know we'll talk about that another day um so i agree right i think that's a strength for threes is that they can hustle in a healthy way too and make it into something fruitful mm-hmm. I think that's a some people try to hustle but they don't know how to do that skill so I'm glad that you know it's not about trying to do everything but doing one thing great when you do that though you know for a growth path for an enneagram three is an enneagram six which is your husband which sounds like that's how he kind of like we're sharing some things too that you guys are coming to together at this time how amazing <laughs> um in those times for an enneagram six is like kind of finding more of a rest and finding more of a like a time to breathe as well how are you able to do those things like how do you implement that part into also that hustle mindset so that there is a balance because it sounds like in college or things you sacrifice parts of those yeah. for your hustle yeah. and and it, it brought you to an amazing place but now that you have assessed those things what are some practices you've put into place
1: yeah, um and I'm not going to lie, uh I've definitely influenced him uh to <laughs> to uh you know, go deep, like go past midnight, like don't stop, keep going. Um and so, you know, I I take credit for that. Um
0: <laughs> As you should. Um
1: but outside of that, really like something that um we try to do because like I work from home and Jacob's also you know he runs his own business we have that flexibility we Mm. as much as I hate spending money we go off to lunches on our own um and that's like we know that's a big privilege um to have both kids be at school during the day where we can go and like have conversations of like how are you doing um I mean as you know like even if you live in the same space more often than not especially with kids the conversations are more uh, like business-like you're like transactional like hey did yep. you do this did you do the laundry did you, are you cooking what's for dinner like do you put the kids down like are, are you gonna watch them like it's very transactional like you never mm-hmm. go kind of deep like it's as if you would talk to a stranger like you could talk yeah. to them like that and so using that time to just go like how are you doing how are you feeling about this and then also for us because we've been we moved to LA about um, two and a half years ago with the intention to move to Asia since then like the conversations are like super productive which I absolutely love you know I love productivity yeah (laughs) so we're like planning and like talking about okay like there's these 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 pathways which one should we not get first what do we need to do together next how do you feel about moving how do you feel about you know the language you know challenges Mm. how's your language acquisition going so on like a time to just catch up beyond and we don't talk about kids we try not to talk about kids unless there's like a issue which happens more now <laughs> <A lot. laughs> with them kind of getting older like there's definitely more growth developmental things that we talk about but yeah and then doing that and just really praying and we're very fortunate about this where we have disciples and mentors at church who encourage us like and remind us that if your marriage fails, if the relationship between you guys like are not in a good spot, like missions is not gonna work out, like your kids mm. are not gonna be doing well, like it, like they're so so I guess uh, intentional about that, and so pray for each other out loud, pray for our marriage, we pray for the kids, and yeah, just like keeping tabs with each other before it gets too late, and we felt that if we don't like communicate at that level for more than a week it does go off rails. Misunderstanding happens. It's like, you don't love me. You don't care for me. Those kind of things come up. And so I think practically those lunch hours are the most critical ones for us. And then, um, jacob always tries to get away from the kids just by ourselves as much as he can um i know it's and i'm like do you not understand a mother's heart you know like it it's hard Mm. for me uh Mm. and he's like you need to let go i'm like you think it's that easy for me to let go (laughs) but yeah I, i appreciate that though that he tries to like remind me that you know if we're not good good then our kids are not in a good place either so
0: in terms of your motherhood role then as amazing as all your accomplishments are that's kind of the primary role and whether you want to circle back to the message of you are what you do or just in general a reflection but how has this being your primary identity affected you in good ways and bad ways what are some pieces of wisdom you would want to throw out especially as someone who wants to do so much but unfortunately as a mom you can't right, for sure.
1: I'll start with the bats first, and <laughs> yeah, I'm just being hundred percent real. The worst part of being a mom relatively younger now, right, like you and me, like we would call ourselves like young moms, right? And you were the first of like a lot of your friends, close friends. So. I think so. It's definitely going to be a lonely journey because you're in such a different life state and stage than your close friends. Priorities are like completely turned upside down uh, where we used to live for ourselves. And that's, I'm not docking that off. Like there, we all need a period where we find ourselves, find out who we are and like do things that are enjoyable for ourselves to now like, oh, I choose not to like do what's fun for me because this is like actually like more dear and like I prioritize this. And I I don't think motherhood is like something that you can explain with words. Like truly, Mm. like you have to be a mom to understand what it's like being a mom, just like marriage and all that stuff. Mm. And so I don't expect my close friends to understand my heart, but it's still very sad knowing that that connection and like the memories and the experiences that we shared together in our early 20s until mid 20s Like, those opportunities are gone. And Mm. I think it's, like, they respect the decision. They appreciate that I come to them with, like, honesty. But at the end of the day, we're not able to, like, realistically go on, like, trips together Mm. or, like, stay out late, you know, talking. You know, there's always going to be, like, a child with me. And so I think that's, like, the biggest downside <laughs> that i've experienced to be honest yeah. and i'm still experiencing right um, have
0: you been able to process that like, have you grieved that or is it like okay whatever move on or is it like because i think for threes emotion sometimes is harder to tap into mm-hmm. but like how with that realization do you allow your emotion to be affected by it or not
1: yeah i definitely grieved and was sad about that reality for some time i think and it's not i think something that Now I'm like, okay, then let me go find people who, like, would understand you better. Because there's even, like, that challenge, too. Like, just Mm -hmm. because, like, you're a mom doesn't mean, like, you'll be friends with all moms either. Like, your, like, ideology and, like, how you want to raise kids, they're so different. It's actually even more difficult, I think, uh, to be close as as mom friends. But anyways, yeah, I definitely had time to grieve. And, like, kind of where I am is this is reality. And I think that's, that may be where like Integrum threes might be good at is like, you just accept the assumptions and, you know, the facts, and then tailor ourselves, our mental state and our like, uh, you know, heart to like live with that versus like, oh, I can't believe like, you know, this is the reality I have to live through and like be in that state. But we like quickly say, okay, like tides have changed, weather has changed, how do I react to that and and adjust myself and so uh I think I'm past it now
0: (laughs) yeah I think that's good I'm stuck in that too Mm -hmm. um and I don't think I have that like adaptability ingrained in me so Mm -hmm. that is something I like that we're resonating in and learning from you yeah so then other side
1: yeah the okay yeah I think I have to say the good side is right (laughs) I mean as crazy as it is. And you and I, we're both still in the thick of it because our kids require us 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So we're still in the thick of it. So I'm sure it'll get better and we'll have even more clear vision as the kids get older. But the good side of motherhood is a pure understanding of human nature. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm going to get like, faith related here so feel free to mute if you don't agree but it is the closest thing that i've experienced to grasp god's love for us Mm. it is truly unconditional like no matter how terrible you know your sons are they could lie they could like steal money from you like they could go and crash your car they could actually go knock up a girl whatever it is right like (laughs) there could be like terrible things that these human beings can do but at the end of the day we don't say I disabandoned you like you have disobeyed me you have put shame to my face no like if everyone in the world does that I will be the last person to turn my back towards them and so that kind of like true unconditional loving heart of the father I was able to understand that through the children and they teach me every day literally every day like some of the things that they do I'm like wow like that is a reflection of me like how sinful we are you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I don't want to share I do get jealous. I am impatient. <laughs> you know, like those things, it's so real. And there's not, not a greater learning book than having children, I think, about realizing how inadequate we are or like how fallen we still are. But we're kind of embraced by God's grace. So I will say that's the best part of, of having kids.
0: What a great answer. I guess that goes into full circle that you are actually going to become missionaries yourself. That's something you grew up in. That's what your parents were, are. You shared about how you came to this decision. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that process. And after that, what are you most excited about? What are you most anxious about? yeah what can you share yeah to what extent can you share details because it could be like hush hush then mute this part exit out you know
1: i I mean thankfully we're not going to like east asia you know country of banned uh religion so i think we can share pretty much everything so we're not going on that traditional route of like being a pastor and church planting that is not our skill sets and we truly believe that that's not our calling but we're going as tent makers And for those of you who are not familiar with like the church lingo, it's like referring back to the Old Testament. But basically we do what we do here today, which is build relationships, have disciples and have disciples do life together, you know, in a biblical and like faith focused way. But we want to do that elsewhere. And that elsewhere for us, where we feel closest to is Japan. And because our skill sets and our backgrounds have always been in sort of this like capitalistic like uh, opportunities, we want to endeavor in what some call BAM, business as missions. And so Mm. in a culture where work is the primary focus of everyone's life in Japan, and it is an idol for everyone, like to, to work a lot is like something to be looked up to to work for a big company that's like well respected, like all of that. It's not even about money. It's not even about security. It's just about what does the society think if I work long? What does the society think if I work for X, Y, and Z company? What does my parents think? You know, if I stay at the same company for 50 years. It's like rewarded in that sense. And so to go and build businesses and, you know, share basically our values with our employees, that is our primary goal. And so nothing's going to look different and also we're not just going to sit there and give out money to like bring people to God like that's not i think our uh, intention we want to do a good business we want to run a business based on morals and good values that is profitable as soon as we can so that we run a i guess operations that is like respected by the the society and the community and we're also able to show like we're able to do this without working 100 hours a week able to do this without you know going on two days of vacation a year and like feeling bad about it so setting like a new culture and this is like not going to be easy obviously this is not going to be there's language culture challenges there's going to be weird looks of like why is a foreigner running this kind of business here like why are they choosing to do that Uh, and so on Uh, so it's not going to be easy and also maybe we'll see one or two people you know in our lifetime in japan be curious about the gospel who knows right like we just don't know but our expectation is so low because we know that god is sending us there and so if god wants to do something there he can do it we'll be there for it but if he chooses to not do anything and the really intention and our kind of calling in life is to just live there and live with intention and kind of plant that first seed like again Christian lingo but like spark that light you know mm-hmm. in people's heart like oh why do they live like that if that's all of it we're okay with that we're like totally totally mm-hmm. cool with that and so i honestly have gone through like this refinement over the years where being a missionary was super daunting because i didn't want that for my kids and i didn't want to like give up all the things but god's really like shaped Uh, my perspective about what missions can be in 2022. Like we're in such a different time period than the past missionaries who've like explored America or like who brought Christianity and Protestant to like Asia. Like we're in such a different time um, that I am feeling a lot more comfortable going and moving to Asia, you know, with the intent to spread God's love to them. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the cross-cultural experience that we'll have as a family, jacob's obviously never left america before like born and bred california
0: oh Oh my god so
1: that'll be a change for him for sure no matter how ready he thinks he is like he's gonna be like summers in asia you know hot yeah like oh my god it's a disaster californians would not be able to even imagine what that is like and you know like people not giving you personal space on trains and buses like That's not something you know that you you, (laughs) I know that's something he will struggle with. But anyway. In
0: for a a treat, Jacob. Yeah.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So in that sense, I'm very excited for us to like become more uncomfortable. Really, like that's what brings humility in us, is like realizing there are so many different pathways in life beyond what we are used to or what we think is the right way. There are people who live such a different lifestyle, but are yeah. just as happy or joyful and rewarded in their work. And so uh, in that sense, I'm very excited. And for the kids as well, would love them to become multicultural. They already are, right? Our kids are, we speak Korean, English, mm-hmm. some things that we do around the house, their Korean culture, American culture, Chinese culture, whatever. But I'm very excited for them to like, come to appreciate more deeply in depth uh, about you know Korean culture, Japanese culture, and so on maybe one thing to share like that I'm like you know a little bit worried or like I'm continuously like proclaiming against is like yeah the children right again yeah. like that's you know making sure I want to protect them as much as I can obviously but there's a limit to that when you are in a different environment that I'm not familiar mm. with that they will be protected by God and they will come to appreciate their parents decision earlier than later um that they will not resent us for what we or doing, but that they will come to appreciate, you know, our our calling as well. So,
0: So you know, like a superpower, which, you know, can be hard sometimes, but also good is like the ability to shape shift, right, and adapt. Sometimes that shifts into the image that people might want of them. But kind of going back to that statement of you are what you do, and what you're doing right now is something for his kingdom, rather than the things that might have sucked you in the past, you know, and not only are you what you're doing is so reflective of what we ultimately want to do in this, in this world is to serve him. But you're also serving people who struggle with that same message of you are what you do. And so I think that's kind of crazy how that all happens. And you're not limiting yourself just because you don't have a pastor degree or whatnot, but really looking in that skill set. So I feel like that's a really good reminder for listeners just to remember we can be missional in, in whatever powers we have. Right. And so looking within to our talents, um, You know, happy moment, like like ten years ago when we were in Korea and we had one of our like God convos, right? And we talked about being messengers and more so being pioneers. And I just think that that's literally like you've walked in that obedience that you felt in like every step of your life, whether that have been pioneer for your family, you know, in that changing that trajectory, pioneer for being a mom before any of us did and like now when i think about it i was like you walk that lonely road alone and like that was really hard you know I mean, yeah and now like pioneering in this whole new way of like really showing us what it looks like to be missional in how he calls us to be not having to change us but being who you are and and, and still
1: allowing that to happen so
0: hannah you keep inspiring me <laughs>
1: Well, let me tell you what uh, I didn't choose this path, you know, like know. none of it I chose, and so yeah, don't look to me for inspiration, but look to look to the Word, look to God. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like all this is meaningless, you know. If it was for me, and that's like something yeah. that I have to, you know, if I'm not staying in tune each day uh, with God's thoughts and you know His like perspective, yeah, it's very easy to make decisions that's like favorable for me and so maybe it's an Enneagram 3 thing as well like that ambitious side of like wanting to make a mark and when that's channeled appropriately in a healthy way I think making that mark by not putting ourselves up but like putting greater mission or like other people up first like it'll have a crazy impact I think ripple effect I think Greeks can do an amazing job of like enlightening just beyond their own self and so and
0: that's when you're on your growth path (laughs) nerdy stuff over here how can we support you though like I know for a lot of missionaries right it's fundraising and I don't know if that's something you need as well but what are ways that praying for you and things like that like are there tangible support steps that people can learn about for y'all's Chang family journey or is that not a thing
1: i think this is one thing uh that i have to surrender and like be okay with Uh like procrastinating um Uh (laughs) like it's like more it's beyond my control of like when like this will start unfortunately but i don't know when exactly we'll have like an official platform to to kind of you know solicit for yeah like things like that prayer financial like Uh all that stay connected but I am hoping to leverage my side hustle. Uh, not yeah. side, like you know, I, I enjoyed content creating the last two two years. I'm not the best at it, obviously, with all the technical challenges we had today. But like I really <laughs> this was keep-
0: one of my most technical difficulty <laughs> interviews, and I thought it was gonna be like. Bit- and let me just say, it wasn't on my end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, man. I wasted a lot of time on juice today, but I love the idea of communicating messages tailored in a way where like it's received in like good soil Mm. and I really believe that we're in this like period of like video consumption and audio consumption Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. books I I mean nothing nothing wrong with books or like newsletters and emails but the time it takes to like kind of get to the person is much quicker obviously with like video and audio and so uh, we're hoping to leverage some of that kind of interest of mine interest of Jacob as well and also the need or like kind of receptive like we call it product market fit uh in business <laughs> but like uh trying to uh, yeah you did marketing you know like kind well, of yeah, you un- know. understanding you know like what would be the best for the audience the future audience mm-hmm. and so we'll probably come up with like some kind of like YouTube or video platform uh, way to like communicate our updates our needs and, and how how we can receive support and so yeah ping it to you later when we get that
0: okay okay (laughs) and then we'll re-share this episode yes (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) thank you
0: do you want to plug in your other thing
1: no (laughs) oh yeah uh, no plug but like ng has been super supportive along the way i think you were one of my first actual friend followers on this so thank you for that (laughs) but i've been pretty shy about it just because i think that sense of like perfectionism also like not wanting to like broadly share until it's like at a state where I'm like comfortable sharing where it's like actually yeah. a thing. And also, it's not like I'm like a a fitness influencer. Then that, that's like super cool, but like what I do is not that cool. So I I was like a little bit shy about it, but yeah, like I said, like the last 2 years I've been enjoying learning about content creation. Uh, specifically around, I guess, like uh, sports cards and and Pokemon cards type of thing. Um, woot, yeah, woot. some of you might think like, well, what do you guys talk about? Well, if you have a child, it's apparently the hottest, latest thing right now: Pokemon cards in in uh, playground. So, yeah, that's that's what I like to learn about, talk about, and also uh, spend a lot of you know my time and money on, on too. So,
0: and I love that you found your passion, right? Like yeah. rather than doing what you would have been doing and maybe CEO track in the other way. How cool. And I mean, like, you, you're so good at it. What are you talking about?
1: No, I mean... no, uh, not good at it. But yeah, still learning a lot each day. There's a lot of people in the community. It's a small yeah. community, but uh, who are encouraging, who like kind of, you know, gives me ideas to like pivot. So yeah, it's she collects cards. Uh, on... She
0: collects cards. I'll <laughs> ping it to y'all
1: too. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram That's all
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, you plugged it in Okay my cheesy question For all my guests is If you were to pick a fruit What would you be? Did you think about this? No I didn't oh. <laughs> Well you can do things on the spot Go
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, She fruits. loves her fruits Yeah I love my fruits I'm gonna miss the California fruits When we go to Asia yeah. you, know, you know how expensive fruits is over there Probably have to eat frozen most of the time. But uh if I had to pick a fruit, I wanna be an apple. Why? <laughs> I think I might know your answer. What's uh, your answer? No, uh just because it's like consistently available, it's not seasonal. Yeah. And I think I'm like that's an area that I lacked, I think, until even now. Like it's it's definitely a weakness of mine to not be like consistent and you know, marrying a guy who's like Mr. Consistent, like I'm learning <laughs> to mm. like appreciate that kind of aspect of it. And I wanna be consistent, consistent in my emotional wavelength with the children. I wanna be consistent in the work that I do, really follow through with it, not lose fire after a year, after mm. two years. I wanna be consistent in checking in and maintaining relationship with friends. I wanna be consistent in, you know, my quiet times and going to be consistent in my workouts like it's something that i want to be like and so i guess apple all year Mm. round fruit preach yeah
0: apple is always in season it's always in season yeah i love that answer any last words you want to before we close out this time
1: yeah, um, I said
0: everything I wanted to about <coughs> <on> my memories <laughs> with you.
1: <laughs> no, really, um, like I, I texted this to Unji a few days ago, but it's very encouraging, you know, as a friend to see Unji pursuing and continuing with what she's interested in despite the challenges that she has on a day to day. Right now, as a mom of two kids, one, a, a brand new fresh baby, like it does take a lot of sacrifices from herself, her family members. It really takes a lot of effort to like even sit down for an hour, hour and a half and do this. Of course, edit time, marketing time, it's a lot, but I'm so, so glad that she's choosing to do that, choosing to find time, cutting out her sleep time to do it because like, yeah, God didn't just design us to be just mothers, um, but he has given us many different roles and he's given you this passion as well. I'm really glad that you're saying yes um, to it as well, so.
0: I told my therapist that you said that in your email back, and that encouraged me so much that like you would see this as a choice to pursue the passion sure. project rather than anything else. And then like it was just one line because you know Hannah doesn't need to get all emotional, but it made me so. I was like, she sees that, and she just like affirms that. And I think that's you know as moms we we know that struggle, and yeah, that's something I appreciate. Yeah, so for sure, thank you
1: for sure it doesn't go unnoticed. So yeah, thanks for having me. Subscribe everybody.
0: hit the subscribe and rate five stars thank you (laughs) okay i have three questions for you four questions morning or night person morning i know what was the
1: lowest grade you ever received
0: oh my god a (laughs) minus no
1: like 77
0: oh in what class
1: oh in my cpa exam (laughs) i barely passed (laughs) you just have to
0: pass what has been your favorite job because you've done a lot oh besides the cards
1: Oh, that's hard. Favorite job? Netflix. Okay, okay, okay. Um, favorite child? You can veto if you want. <laughs> right now, as we speak? Yeah, Jordan, it changes. Jordan.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Is it because of his age time?
1: No, because she hit him yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, if if had ever listen to this, she would know it's really just in this moment. Favorite book of all time? Oh, feel like you read
1: oh no you video now yeah oh shoot favorite book of all time pachinko
0: oh yes yes favorite card
1: (laughs) 2020 sapphire formula one lewis hamilton purple out of 10
0: wow card (laughs) listeners are going oh my gosh and for the card listeners what's the card we're sleeping on right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) baby, <laughs>
0: okay you heard it here from she collects cards one of my closest friends and soon i cannot wait to support her in her next journey hannah chang <laughs> Woo! thank you for listening to another episode of color commentary bye
1: bye